Hello everyone and welcome to the One Man Renegade Podcast. I am your host, the Honorable Greg B, and this is Chapter 113. But more importantly, it is Part 5 of the 2019 Movie Ranks Countdown. Now, if you listen to the previous episodes, and if you haven't, I would suggest you stop right now, go back, listen to 1 through 4, or if you missed any in between somehow, go back and listen to those and then come back and listen to this. But if you did listen to yesterday's episode... You may have heard me make a little bit of a mistake and say it was the 2009 movie ranks countdown. I don't I don't know why I said that. But because I said that, I realized and listened back to, when I listened back to it later, I was like, "Wait a minute, I said 2009. It's 2019. Or it's actually 2020 right now, but you know, the, this rank is for 2019." But it got me thinking, maybe I should go back and do like a retroactive ranks countdown like series of uh podcasts where i go back through the years prior to when i started doing this um countdown um and rank my top i'd say 10 i don't think i'd do um like i do this and rank all the ones i've seen because then i have to go back through every year and see how many movies i'd seen in each year which could get a little bit difficult and would be completely really long if for certain years i've seen I don't know, hundreds of movies? I don't know. I have no idea, to be quite honest with you. But um, if I did the top 10, and I did a series of them for each year, that would be kind of cool. I think that would work. Um, So that's something I'm thinking about now, and that's only because I screwed up and said the wrong year. But it seems like a good idea. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I think it's a good idea, but uh, we'll see. And we'll see if I end up doing it, and whatever. But, um, all right, let's keep the countdown going for 2019 Yes, 2019, as the Oscars are just mere days away. And uh, some of these movies that I'm going to talk about, I don't think any of them actually got nominated, but I could be wrong. Um, Quick look over, I don't think so. But um, we're at 30, um, and we're counting down to 21 today. So there we go. Uh, Let's start off with number 30, as I just said. Um, Number 30 was a Warner Brothers movie. came out... May 31st, made $47.7 million opening weekend, did 110.5 domestically and 385.9 worldwide, Uh, got 42% on Rotten Tomato, 48 Metacritic, 6.1 on the IMDb, and it got a B-plus on the cinema score, and I did see this in theaters, and it is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Now... I will freely admit right off the bat, I don't think this Godzilla movie was quite as good as the previous one, the one with Brian Cranston. <clears throat> but um, with that said, this I thought this was a pretty solid Godzilla movie. I mean, granted, um, you know, most Godzilla movies are like the, you know, the ones from Japan that are kind of like, you know, initially they were low budget and then I think they... Still probably low budget, but they were low budget because they were throwing back um, to um, an homage of the original low budget movies. I don't really know. But then, of course, the 1998 Godzilla came out and blew everything out of the water with, like, you know, the, you know, obviously a huge budget and big blockbuster movie, and it was god awful. Um, the soundtrack at least had that Rage Against the Machine song, which was like making fun of Godzilla in a way, which always was weird to me, but I think it was because it was on Sony records and like, well, you know, you're Rage Against the Machine, you're on Sony, like do a song for us. And they're like, no. And they probably said, 
you're contractually obligated and they're probably like, okay and then half the lyrics are making fun of like consumerism or something i don't know it's a weird song no shelter if you've never heard it but at some point it does basically make fun of godzilla which is just like what 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 why is this on the soundtrack it's just make fun of godzilla uh but anyways uh moving on uh yeah, then they did the newer, more recent Godzilla with the um, thought process, I think, is to do um, kind of a monster's, um, you know, expanded universe type of thing. And uh, obviously the, the king of the king, Kong uh, Skull Island, Kong Skull Island or whatever it was that was came out that last year. That was a pretty good movie. And then they did this movie and then they're going to do a Kong versus Godzilla movie, which is I think was supposed to come out next year, but it might have gotten delayed last I saw. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that. But regardless, I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought it was good. Um, the one kind of interesting thing, though, was they did... Um, they had a cameo uh, by the Green Monster. Yes, the <laughs> the Green Monster. Yes, Fenway. Fenway Park was in this movie. Had a big pl- plot... There was a big plot point that took place at Fenway as the movie... Um, for the most part, it was supposed to take place in Boston. I mean, not completely. I don't think they filmed a ton of it in Boston. I know, obviously, they filmed the parts with Fenway Park and the Green Monster. But the one thing I do remember, and I think I talked about this in the, um, in, uh, when I originally kind of talked about this movie, uh, on the podcast. At one point, you know, while they're showing, like, Fenway and the Green Monster, you know, at Fenway and the Green Monster, they have like the on the side they have the standings, and whenever they filmed this, somehow Baltimore was in first place. Which I can't tell you the last time Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles were in first place. So that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, overall, um, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Um, Godzilla. For, I mean, it was a really good Godzilla movie. I mean, I don't like again. I would say that last Godzilla was probably better, uh, but this fall in line well with the, the the Skull Island Kong movie, and uh, as opposed to the other King Kong movies that have existed. But um, <clears throat> they teased the uh, whole King Kong versus uh, Godzilla thing at the end, uh, but then also like teased the sequel to Godzilla too. So it was a little bit confusing because it's like, wait a minute. So next is Kong versus Godzilla versus King Kong, but at the same time it's like. Well, you're also teasing a a um another Godzilla movie based off of this Godzilla movie. They did it kind of um yeah, so it was kinda of weird in that that regard. But um overall it's a good cast. It had uh Eleven from Stranger Things, um uh Kyle Chandler, uh Charles Dance, uh what's her face from those movies like I'm blanking on. She was in The Departed. Um, her sister is in American Horror Story a lot. I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Vera Formiga. There we go. I think that's how you say it. Uh, so yeah, decent cast too for a Godzilla movie. I mean, it's not Brian Cranston, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but solid movie. Um, and that's why I made number 30. Even though the critics didn't love it, audiences maybe didn't love it, but I liked it. So there you go. All right, next up. Number 21, uh, 20, sorry, 29, uh, was an HBO film. It, uh, it uh, also came out on, uh, um, 
May 31st. Uh, it wasn't in theaters. It was on, it was on HBO. <laughs> uh, it, it has a 98% score on Rotten Tomatoes this right now. It was crazy. 86 on Metacritic. And 7.5 on IMDb. So it's got really good love. But I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think that. Obviously it wasn't in theaters, so I didn't see it. And it didn't have any uh, cinema score money for that matter. Um, that's Deadwood the movie. So... If you're familiar with Deadwood at all, there was a TV show back in the, I think it started in 04, ran for three seasons, if I remember correctly. Then it kind of got canceled abruptly, but then there was talks of doing a series of movies, which never really transpired, and then everything kind of went away, and then all of a sudden they were like, hey, yeah, we're actually going to do this movie, finally. And then finally... And I think a few, few more years went by after that. And then they're like, oh, no, no, we're finally doing it now. And then finally they released it this past year. Um, and it's solid. It's good. But the problem is, is you really have had to watch the show to really enjoy it. And I think that's part of the reason why these has, has such high scores for, uh, you know, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Because the only people that were really, like, reviewing it were people that saw the show. So it's a continuation of the show that a lot of people enjoyed, which, you know, kind of ended abruptly, and here you go, here you finally have some, uh, you know, um, you know, continuation of that. And for everyone that watched the show, they were waiting with this, for this, and whatever. And then finally now, here it is. And, um, you know, if you were waiting for it, for that long, you're going to, you know, and it was good. And if it was good, you know, it's going to be good. And then people that are reviewing it. But if you haven't watched the show, why would you ever watch it? And you're not going to review it. So it'd be weird to be like, oh, yeah, this show, this movie was terrible. I never saw the show, so I didn't understand any of it. But it's like, why would, how would you review it then? That's kind of weird. So I think a lot of these are inflated ratings um, based off of that. I mean, it's also an HBO made-for-TV movie that probably a lot of people didn't have on their radar anyways. So, um, yeah, but regardless, um, you know, I think it did a solid job of wrapping up what the series um, was and, you know, wasn't able to wrap up. Uh, and it was fun to see those characters again that I kind of forgot about, you know, because it's been... 15 years since the show no not eh, like 12 years since the show off went off the air i forget I forget when the show actually ended um <clears throat> at least 12 years anyways uh so yeah to see ian mcshane back as his character which i'm blanking on the name right now but timothy oliphant and and you know everyone else that was involved in the show uh back you know at least the ones that weren't already dead from <laughs> seasons back and kind of giving you a finality of the show uh, where you didn't get that, you know, when it kind of abruptly went off the air and was canceled. Uh, so yeah, no, definitely a solid, like, I mean, if you haven't watched the show, I wouldn't say I would, I couldn't recommend it necessarily. Uh, but if you've ever watched Deadwood or were planning on watching Deadwood, I would say yes, definitely go watch it and then, you know, wrap it up with this movie. Um, and yeah, so there we go. That's 29. All right, let's move on. 28. Came out September 20th, uh, Fox movie, uh, even though it was Disney, but Fox, Disney, whatever. Uh, $19 million opening weekend, $50.1 million, 50 million uh, domestic, 
127.1 worldwide, 84% on Rotten Tomato, 80, Metacritic 6.7, IMDb, B- on the cinema score, and I did see in theaters, and it's Ad Astra. So, kind of trending in a certain direction. Uh, I think that everyone that's involved uh, with the Ocean's Elevens eventually has to go to space. I think that was part of the deal with those movies. So, George Clooney did it in Gravity. Matt Damon did it with uh, Martian. And now Brad Pitt has done it with Ad Astra. Uh, you got to do a space movie, I guess. You know, that's part of the deal. Um, you know, I mean, think of the... Think of the actors, you know, some of the bigger actors these days that hasn't done a space movie. Well, clearly, Brad Pitt hadn't, so now he has. Um, um, <laughs> this, this was an interesting movie. Um, you know, it it didn't get a ton of hype, but, like, like, people were talking about it. But it was like, it was Brad Pitt coming off of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it was kind of like, well, if you're going to go see a Brad Pitt some Brad Pitt and something go see Once Upon a Hollywood but it's like oh here's a space movie and everyone's like well what does that mean it's a space movie what I don't know and you know basically the premise is that his dad um went off in space and kind of went nuts and it was on this like crew that like no one knows what happened and they kind of got lost and blah 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 they only had like limited contact and it, it all seemed very weird and confusing and in steps brad pitt who everyone knows is the son of this guy and oh you know now they're gonna do a new like plan and try to figure out what happened and blah 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 and so then he goes off in space but then there's some shenanigans and weird stuff happens but eventually you know and that's sort of what happens and then he's headed to find his dad some sort of spoiler a little bit i guess i don't know regardless so it's solid like the but the it's like a kind of a weird like sense in the, the the first half of the movie is like this one thing and then the second half of the movie is this whole other thing that's just it's it just comes becomes like ridiculously not believable which isn't bad i mean we're talking about space movie here but it's like it's set in like the future so it's like okay i guess i can understand that a bit but, I mean, I, I guess it's similar to Martian in that way. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, so you'd have to see it to really get what I'm trying to say here. But, you know, there was points where I was just like, I, what? No. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to present me right now. And I guess that's probably true with Gravity, too. Although, I don't really remember. But, regardless, solid movie. If you're looking for a movie in space with a really good actor, this is one of them. <laughs> to go along with those other ones I mentioned. I mean, yes, also Tom Hanks went to space in Apollo 13, but that was based on a real, true story. This is a made-up story, so uh, give that what you want. Um, all right, let's uh, move on. Um, number 27 is a Sony movie. came out October 18th, uh, made $26.8 million opening weekend, 73.1 domestic, 121.8 uh, worldwide did 68% on Rotten Tomato 55 Metacritic 6.9 IMDb got a B plus cinema score I did see it in theaters and it's a movie I somewhat alluded to earlier and it is Zombieland Double Tap and when I mean earlier I mean in an earlier episode of this or chapter part whatever of this countdown when I was talking about dead 
Dead Don't Tell any. What was it? Dead. The one with Bill Murray, that Adam Driver. The Dead Don't Die. Um, I said Bill Murray's been in some other zombie movies. And technically he is in this one. But if you ever saw the first one, you might be thinking to yourself, how does that work? And, well, it's like a flashback type of thing. It's really fun, though. I mean, that's probably one of the best parts of the movie. Even though it has nothing to actually do with the actual movie that you see. But, um, yeah, Zombieland 2. Uh, yeah, it's set ten years later. Uh, and, um, you catch up with the people you left off with, but then they find more people and interact with more people and more zombies and more all sorts of zombie-related stuff. Which, you know, given that we're ten years later, is kind of interesting because in that ten years, since the first movie came out and the second movie... Uh, the Walking Dead happened, you know? So it's all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, were zombies really, like, cool 10 years ago? And it's like, oh, but then they went to, you know, the whole Walking Dead thing. And it's like, okay. And it's almost like we're zombied out at this point. But, like, yeah, to revisit these characters that were in the first one, which I, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, you know, I mean, I got Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, since Zombieland. I mean, even Woody Harrelson, since Zombieland, have all been nominated or won Oscars, which is just crazy. Which, at the time, I don't think they had. Abigail Breslin, I think, had already been nominated at that time. I could be wrong about that. I don't think she's been nominated since. But regardless, still, uh, I think pretty much everyone in the main four characters have all now been nominated or have won Oscars, which is kind of nutty. Uh, when you think about the goofiness of what Zombieland was to begin with. Um... But now it's Zombieland 2. And, you know, it's fine. I mean, I, I, I have a hard time saying it's better than the first one or as good as the first one. But it's definitely good. Um, you know, and it's got, you know, it's obviously got the same sort of vibe that the first one did. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, and if you're looking for a horror comedy, certainly could go get worse than Zombieland and then certainly Zombieland 2. So, yeah, solid movie, great cast. Uh, if you enjoyed the first one, you'll enjoy the second one. Uh, I don't think it was quite as good, but at the same time, still pretty solid. Um, yeah, and it came out right around Halloween, so it sort of worked in that regard. Uh, but, I mean, if you are zombied out, that's also another thing. Maybe you don't want to see more zombies. I, I don't know. It's not really about the zombies, though. Is it ever, though? Was the, is The Walking Dead about the zombies? No, but at the same time, it's kind of cool to see them um, kill a bunch of zombies, so. There's that. Um, Alright, let's keep going. Uh, next up is number 26. It is an MGM fan, MGM film. It came out uh, Valentine's Day last year. Made uh, It was a limited release. It made $136,000 opening weekend. Uh, I think it got a wider release later on. Uh, and it made... 22.9 million domestically, 39 million worldwide, 92% Rotten Tomatoes, 68 Metacritic, 7.1 the IMDb. It got name minus cinema score I'd not seen in theaters, and this was Fighting with My Family. Uh, so, if you're not familiar with what Fighting with My Family is, it is the story of WWE wrestler Paige. Um, although she doesn't wrestle anymore because of injuries, she had to retire, 
which they don't really cover that part so much in the film. This is more about how she made her way into the WWE um, and like her kind of growing up in story. Basically, her family was a group of wrestlers in England and kind of had their own promotion and did their own sort of thing. And, you know, it was her, her and her brother's kind of story about how they were, you know, as much as they enjoyed being part of their family's, you know, story and history and and their wrestling thing, their main goal is to get the WWE and, you know, it follows that along and then The Rock gets involved, you know. I don't know how much The Rock was actually involved in her, her getting to the WWE and all that stuff, but he was definitely heavily involved in the movie part of it, so I guess it made sense to placate to that audience and get The Rock in there, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's one of those true stories. I did the quotation things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's how much of this is real and how much of it was kind of like, you know, made up for the storyline and all that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's questionable. I don't know. I mean, in terms of like, you know, the ending and whatever, I guess that's pretty legit, because that's what happened, I mean, you know that, but it's at the same time, it's like, some of these characters, it's like, you know, obviously they probably work with some of these people still, so it's like, there was a bunch of made-up kind of characters, it's like, I don't think this is really a person, Uh, I mean, they could be kind of portraying somebody but it's like yeah who's this supposed to be like you know it's a bit weird in that regard um but overall you know it's got a pretty good cast um obviously the rock was in it lena headley is in it um the dude nick frost is in it stephen merchant directed it he was briefly in it if i remember correctly could be wrong but regardless um yeah solid movie i mean Obviously, you have to have some sort of appreciation, I think, for wrestling to kind of really enjoy it. Although, I don't necessarily know that you need to. Um, You know, it's kind of an interesting story, given, you know, also that she was so young when she made it to WWE and all that. So, and obviously her crazy kind of family situation, uh, which, you know, sure. Um, but, um, I don't know. I mean, it was a solid movie. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Obviously it's on number 26 on my list. I mean, it got really good reviews. I mean, I just had some issues with maybe some of the accuracy of it, if nothing else, but no, definitely a solid movie. Definitely enjoyable. Uh, check it out if you have the chance. All right, moving on uh, to number 25. This movie came out August 21st. It made $8 million opening weekend, 28 domestically, 57 worldwide. It's got an 88% Rotten Tomato, 64 IM, uh, Metacritic, 6.9 IMDb. Got a B plus. Um, and the cinema score, I did not see it in theaters and it is ready or not. Um, so this is, I guess it's a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess you consider it a horror movie. It's 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 kind of a thriller, um, a little bit of a mystery, I guess, too. Uh, interesting premise, definitely. Um, 
and uh, kind of, um, I, I don't know if I'd call it a comedy horror, but definitely in that kind of vein. It kind of reminded me a bit um, in, in, to a sense of um, Cabin in the Woods, kind of had that sort of vibe to it. Um, if I had to kind of compare it to anything, I guess. Uh, so basically the premise of this movie is this, this girl gets married to this guy who's part of this really rich family. And after their wedding, they go back to like their mansion thingy or whatever, compound or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the tradition for the family is they all, they have to play a game. They have to play some sort of game um to initiate the whoever gets married into into the family and cool and they spin like a wheel type of thing or whatever and like if it comes up anything it's perfectly fine except if it's hide and go seek because then if it's hide and go seek they have to find the girl or whoever got married i should say Uh, it's a girl in this case obviously uh and they have to kill her. And if they don't kill her before, you know, the night's over, the wedding night's over, uh, something bad happens. So, of course, like, the girl's not really taking this seriously. The guy the guy she marries is, like, all, you know, kind of, like, upset about it and, like, not really willing to help. So, like, but then it becomes a matter of who can trust who and, like, who's on whose side and, like, what actually is going to happen? Are these people just crazy? Is there actually something more to it? So it's kind of like a mystery in that sense. Um, but it's like, what's going to happen? But then it's also kind of like a horror movie because they're trying to cap- like track this girl down and kill her. And, you know, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, but it was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty solid. It was kind of one of those under-the-radar ra- under films that was actually really good and just, you know, didn't get a lot of hype. Got released late summer, so people really weren't, you know, it's kind of a weird time for movies to come out because, you know, movies come out kind of beginning of the summer, in the middle of the summer. It's like, oh, they're supposed to be blockbuster films. But then when they come out the late, late end of the summer, it's like, yeah, people aren't like, I don't know, people getting ready to go back to school or like ending their vacations or on vacation or whatever. So it's like movies don't really get a huge like hype towards the end of the summer. They kind of get dumped there sometimes. And it feels like this one did. I feel like this one should have done better than it did. Um, but it was really good. And I think it's gotten, uh, sub subsequently gotten a lot of, um, you know, you know, hype or, you know, recognition more so on the secondary, I don't know, secondary market, whatever on the like digital downloads and DVD sales and blah, 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 sort of like that. Cause people didn't go see it when it was out in theaters and, now but a lot of people were talking about it and it's like oh I, you know i missed that whole movie checking it out now so i th- feel like it's getting a lot a lot better um kind of like uh you know word of mouth type of thing you know now that it's available through other means than in the theaters uh but yeah that was a solid movie um if you're into if if you're looking for like kind of a horror movie and you know it's if it's different than Zombieland. Um, but sort of, you know, a horror comedy type of thing. Um, it's less comedy than Zombieland, I would say, but, you know, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is probably 
the closest comparison I could give. Because um, it's a bit over the top with, with everything too. Uh, but I don't want to spoil anything. So uh, less said about that, the better. All right, moving on. Uh, 24. This is a universal film that came on August 2nd. Made $60 million opening weekend, 173.8. Domestically, 758.9. Worldwide, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60. IMDb, 6.5 on the... No, 6.5 IMDb, 60 on Metacritic. A- minus. Cinema score I did see in the theaters and is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I kind of kind of talked about some of the things about fast and furious i think earlier uh in regards to like kind of what you expect from these movies and that's the thing what do you expect from these oh over the top ridiculous action and some one-liners and a bunch of you know ridiculousness but like fun Uh, and like they're being serious but they're in on the jokes type of thing so while the fast and furious is its own thing separate this spun off of you know the last couple movies whatever with the rock and jason statham's characters hobbs and shaw kind of going on their own direction even though like for the last last movie they were basically doing their own thing too because i think uh the rock and vin diesel didn't get along very well which you know is one of those things where it's like if you're fast and furious people and it's like oh these guys won't work together uh, what do we do i'll just spin off the rock into another series okay sure and bring along jason statham why not sure because uh, as I'm recording this, uh, the Furious, Fast and Furious 9 trailer just dropped. And obviously, um, spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know. Not really. It's, a, it's out there trailer. The Rock and Jason Statement aren't in Fast and Furious 9. It's because they did the spinoff. Uh, but um, one of the things I thought was really funny about this was uh, they, uh, you know, they have these contacts with whoever they're supposed to contact with. And Ryan Reynolds is one of the contacts, so he does. He's pretty good in it. But then also the guy that played the guy from Deadpool two, that was just like the regular guy whose name I'm now blanking on. Um, but the the guy that played that was also in the movie, and they had like a conversation with each other, and they kind of sort of referenced Deadpool two a little bit. It's kind of weird. That guy whose name I'm blanking on, and whose name in the movie I was blanking on. Actually has an Amazon comedy stand-up special right now. Saw an ad for that just recently. But anyways, that's not really a point of the movie. Um, yeah, I mean... Hobbs and Shaw, it's... Yeah, it's just ridiculousness. Um, it's got... Um, Idris Alba as, like, kind of like... He calls himself the Black Superman or whatever he calls himself. He's kind of like the super soldier type thing where, like, uh, you know... So he's kind of the he's the bad guy of sorts, but there's other bad guys too. And then The Rock goes home, and like Roman Reigns is in it. It's just ridiculousness. It's just all ridiculousness. I I can't even like talk about the plot with being serious about it because there's nothing that really doesn't matter. <laughs> like it really doesn't matter. It's just it's a bunch of cars, a bunch of explosions, a bunch of craziness, and it's action film, and it's funny, but it's serious at the same time but like that's the funny part of it they're trying to be serious when all this ridiculous nonsense is happening um ryan reynolds has a ridiculous thing at the end that makes no sense too uh but um yeah i did i you know it's funny i walked in that movie i didn't really even realize ryan reynolds was in it i'm like wait ryan reynolds is in this movie um you know he plays 
typical Ryan Reynolds character. So fine. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, they make some Canadian jokes. Because, um, of course, they do. I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, we're just confusing that with any other Ryan Reynolds movie, but I'm pretty sure they make some Canadian jokes. But could have been on Six Underground. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure there's Canadian jokes in there, though. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, that was number 24, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Let's move on to 23. Uh, Warner Brothers movie came out June 26. Uh, made $20 million opening weekend, 74.1. Uh, domestically, 228.5. Worldwide, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 53 Metacritic, 5.9 on the IMDb. Got a B- minus on the cinema score, and I did see it in theaters. And his Annabelle, Annabelle Comes Home. So this one is interesting in the sense that where the first Annabelle was a prequel and then Annabelle creation was also a prequel to that prequel because Annabelle was a prequel to The Conjuring and then Annabelle creation was a prequel to Annabelle, which was also a prequel this one's actually a sequel, and it happens right after Conjuring, which is was an interesting twist on it, because it was like, all right, so you have Annabelle, so you found out where Annabelle came from um, before Conjuring, but then you also found out how to, the whole creation of it before Annabelle, but now you get to find out what happens to Annabelle after the Conjuring, and there's some craziness that happens. Um, Solid film. It's a very it's a very focused film, uh, and when I say when I what I mean by that specifically is that it's set basically within like two days, and it's basically set in one spot. So it's like there's not some big drawn out story over time. It's not like it takes a lot of time to get through. It's it's like very centered into one specific time period. Um, in a very specific time period, when in terms of this whole, you know, Conjuring universe, it's like, okay, they got home from the Conjuring place in Connecticut, you know, they're in Connecticut or whatever, and then they're going off to do some other thing, but not the Conjuring two. I don't think that happened yet, but something else is happening, and then this is happening right after this, you know, and then. I don't know, it's it's an interesting way to do this because, like, obviously with what they've done with Annabelle, it's kind of like, where do you go from here? Because it's like, right in the prequel. You're right in the prequel to the prequel. So you gotta go forward, right? And then it's like, you do the sequel, but it's like, you already done a sequel to Conjuring, which is Conjuring 2. And it's like, alright, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, it can get confusing, but I thought they did a good job with what they did. And gives you a sequel to Conjuring that you didn't know you needed because you got Conjuring 2. But this is a completely kind of separate story. Um, but yeah, pretty solid. Um, also, you know, I, I, I don't know where it would fall necessarily in the span of the Conjuring universe. But it was certainly better than if you're counting the Curse of La Llorona. Uh, certainly the better, the best of the Conjuring movies of this year, if that even counted. Uh, and certainly better than none. Uh, although I think they're doing some sort of sequel to that too. Although I think Conjuring 3 is happening pretty soon too. I don't know. I mean, certainly they've kind of fallen into this whole universe, <laughs> um, you know, where, you know, some other areas have maybe failed on that. 
certainly for Warner, Warner Brothers, but uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Um, all right, which we'll, we'll actually get to in a future episode, um, sort of. <clears throat> all right, moving on. Number 22, uh, Paramount Movie, came out July 12th, uh, made $12 million uh, opening weekend, 39 domestic, 76 worldwide, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60 on Metacritic, 6.2 IMDb. It got a B in CinemaScore, and I did see it in theaters. It's Crawl. So, I gotta admit, when I first saw what this movie was, and basically it's there's a hurricane comes to Florida, and then there, there's alligators, or crocodiles, or whatever they are. Um, and I'm like, okay... That seems a bit ridiculous. What it it's kind of this is gonna be like a spoof kind of movie type of thing, like you know type of, you know sort of Sharknado. I mean probably not to that degree, but like I kind of thought it was gonna be somewhere along that lines. But it ended up not being that, and it was probably better that it wasn't because it was a better movie than I was expecting. Um, so basically, the plot of the movie is it's a hurricane coming to Florida, and this girl that goes to <laughs> The University of Florida, who are the Gators? I mean, I guess she could have gone to the University of Miami too and been a hurricane. I mean, it, it worked; would have worked either way. But regardless, she's a Gator. She's a really good swimmer. Um, but like her parents got divorced, and they were supposed to sell this house. But then she goes to find out find her dad, um, who was living somewhere else. You know, because they were supposed to be selling the house that they lived in, but they couldn't get. She couldn't get in contact with him. There's a hurricane coming. She's trying to get him out of blah blah blah. So then, turns out he went over to the house to fix some things up, and something happened, and he fell, and you know, and he's stuck under the house. So now the hurricane's coming, and they live near like a lake or something, which has alligators. But now the water's rising, so the alligators are all coming out of the lake. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it sounds pretty ridiculous when you think about it, but it was pretty good. It was a pretty solid, solid movie. And, uh, you know, that wasn't something that I was necessarily expecting going into it. But, you know, it's it's a... I mean, there are some... There's a couple scenes that are kind of ridiculous. But for the most part, they're, it's a little bit more... You know, obviously, it's frightening that, you know, you... You know, here's these alligators or whatever, crocodiles, alligators, or whatever they are, um, uh, you know, coming after you and, and to, you know, it's Florida. So there's no basements in Florida for whatever reason. So it's just, it's like a crawl space, hence the name crawl under the house and they're stuck down there and now the water's rising and there's alligators. I don't know. It's pretty good pretty solid i mean it's definitely one of those movies that kind of i think people kind of were like eh that sounds stupid what is this so it didn't really give it a shot although it did decent box office wise and the critics seemed to like it somewhat um so yeah crawl if you haven't seen it it's worth a watch unless you're like deathly afraid of alligators or something or hurricanes or florida i don't know <laughs> either way <laughs> uh i've never been to florida so I can't say that I'm deathly afraid of it, but I've heard some stories. I've heard some stories about Florida. 
Interest, interesting place down there. Uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> um, all right, coming in at number 21, which will be the last for this uh, episode, this part, this chapter. We'll move on next time. Uh, this is a Warner Brothers movie. came out uh, November 8th. Made $14.1 million opening weekend, $31.5 domestic, $71.8 worldwide, 77% on uh, Rotten Tomato, 59 Metacritic, 7.5 in the IMDb, B+, cinema score I did see in theaters, and it is Doctor Sleep. Um, I was really kind of surprised this didn't do better, because, the, cause, you know, it... The critics seemed to like it. It wasn't like it got terrible scores. I mean, it wasn't like off the charts or nothing, but like people, the critics seemed to like it. You know, it it had, you know, that whole Shining appeal because it is the sequel to The Shining. And obviously there's a, you know, obviously a kind of a, you know, big following for The Shining, I think. But I think it's maybe just a matter of it's been too long. Where, you know... And I don't know, it's always kind of one of those weird things with um, um, sequels that take weight, you know, are a lot long, lot, sequels that are a lot, take a long time to um, materialize. And, but a lot of times it's because it's bad. You know, like Dumb and Dumber 2 was pretty awful. Zoolander 2 was pretty bad. Um, there's other examples of that. I mean, I'm naming comedies, I guess, which more so than anything else but with the shining i mean i don't know maybe people just didn't want a sequel to the shining i don't know i mean the book came out and the book kind of got not great reception and i feel like cuz it was different than the shining and maybe cuz it kind of put a whole different spin on the shining itself um but the other thing that's kind of interesting about this movie is that where in The Shining the movie wasn't really totally 100% following along the lines of the book. So now I'm not really sure what the how the book of Dr. Sleep is, but this movie definitely follows up with the movie version of The Shining. So it's always I don't know how that worked in terms of what this the book versus the book you know the book sequel to the book shining how that played out versus the movie version of the sh- of Doctor Sleep to the movie version of the Shining. But I mean it's one of those things too and I think I talked about this when the movie came out. It's like a lot of these newer movies or whatever are kind of using a lot of kind of the CGI sort of thing and kind of being able to manipulate um, people, making them look younger, older, whatever the case may be. Um, and whereas this is a sequel, but they want to use kind of the similar characters and tell the story, you know, th- you know, obviously that might be difficult to get the likeness of, you know, Jack Nicholson or even get him involved. But then to use just a completely different actor to portray that same character is a bit awkward. It doesn't necessarily work. And it can be confusing. 
So I've had an issue with that a little bit because it's like they're trying to look like the people, you know, the characters from The Shining, but it's like they don't really, but it's like could you have gotten them to do it and do the CGI thing or like was that even was that even ever on the table? I don't know, but it's kind of just like given what they've done in other movies with that sort of thing and you now maybe Doctor Sleep didn't have the quite the budget that some of those movies did and that's understandable, but um I don't know, it just was a bit awkward and jarring in my mind for some of those scenes but i did like how they incorporated the first movie in into this movie you know the sequel even though you know a lot of it was kind of completely separate from what the actual story was but um yeah i don't know um i thought it was good i'm just uh, yeah it surprises me that it didn't do as well as it could have um because I thought it was marketed fairly well. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe just people weren't really interested in the Shining sequel. So there it is. All right, so that is 21. Uh, so that was 30 through 21 for this chapter. Uh, episode, part, whatever you want to call it, part five. Uh, just a quick recap. Number 30 was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Number 29 was Deadwood, the movie. 28, Ad Astra. 27, Zombieland, Double Tap. 26, Fighting on the Family. 25, Ready or Not. 24, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. 23, Annabelle Comes Home. 22, Crawl. And 21, Doctor Sleep. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, check out the blog at razorbader.blogspot.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever else you can find it. Leave good reviews give me five stars thumbs up whatever share with all your friends all your enemies all your enemies friends all your friends enemies everyone in between um and check out the new youtube channel uh hopefully i should have a couple new things coming up pretty soon i'm certainly working on more ideas for videos um but yeah so i just want to thank you again for listening and come back tomorrow where we'll be counting down number 20 through 11 and we got some good ones in those in that list um but what missed my top 10 what was outside my top 10 what was really good but not quite good enough to get to my top 10 we'll talk about that tomorrow so join me then thank you for listening and goodbye <laughs>